Chapter 16 of Secretary Hawkins in Cuba. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Katerina. Secretary Hawkins in Cuba by Secretary Hawkins. Tell me. Link's pet goat died that night. It was the poisoned dirt that killed the poor thing. How the skinny guy cried when Doc came in and told him. It seemed to me that he thought as much of that four-legged friend as he did of any of us. But, of course, I understood. I had always thought that I was soft-hearted, but whenever I look back and think of Link Lambert, I must admit that he had me beat. Doc Waters was very much worried over the slaying of the goat. In fact, he did not let a single thing pass these days without worrying about it. He always saw a deeper meaning in everything that happened. He immediately sent a message to Lucio, and before noon Link's uncle arrived at the villa. They went together into the library, where they talked. And within an hour they sent for me, and I went in. Well, secretary, began Doc, with a smile, but I could see that smile was forced. What do you think of this? He handed me the deadly thing that had been sent out from some enemy hiding in the sugar cane. I took it gingerly and looked it over. "'What is it?' asked Doc, as he and Uncle Lucio watched me. "'It's not an arrow,' I said. "'No, of course not. We know that. It has no place for the string of a bow to shoot it. How was it shot?' "'You mean how it was?' "'Of course, Hawkins. How did the person that sent this thing shoot it?' "'I give it up,' I said. "'It's more than I can figure out, Doc.' Doc looked at me keenly. Hawkins, he said, you always did the figuring out of things back in your houseboat club, didn't you? I had to say that I did. And you can figure this out for us, can't you? Continued Doc. I scratched my head. I did not like to fail now, after Doc had known me to get at the truth of many such puzzling things back home. So I fell to thinking. I sat down in a chair, threw my straw hat on the floor, and turned the ugly pointed stick around in my hands. Bamboo! Brown bamboo! Stained on the point, I said to myself, which might be poison. Roughly made, probably by some Cuban boy. But no, Cuban boys would not dare to put a poison point on a stick. But anyway, it was roughly made. How was it shot? I looked at the wrinkled feathers on the back of it. All of a sudden a thought flashed through my mind. Those feathers were rumpled and pressed close against the stick. If they had passed through the barrel of a rifle, it would have rumpled the feathers just so and pressed them against the shaft. But a charge of powder probably would have wound the stick. How else could such a weapon be hurled at an enemy? I have it, I exclaimed. It's a dart, Doc, a poison dart, and it was a blowpipe or an air gun that shot it. Doc smiled and nodded toward Lucio. There, he said. I told you he could figure it out. There's no use trying to keep anything from him, Lucio. He would reason it out for himself. Lucio got up and came over to my chair. Secretary Hawkins, he said. You use your brains. I congratulate you. What we want you to do, Hawkins, said Doc, is to keep this fact away from Link, that the arrow or dart, whatever it is, had a poison tip. Of course, you know that it was meant for Link. 
I imagined so, I said. Doc nodded. Of course, I knew you would. But Link must not know. God knows the poor boy is nervous enough now without any added worries. I suppose you knew also, Hawkins, that this start was not directed at Link by the Cuban boys you supposed were following Will Standish. I couldn't believe anything else, Doc, I said. Boys might use sticks or stones or common arrows, but they wouldn't use poison darts. I don't believe there are any boys in any part of the world who'd want to be cruel to any of their enemies. Lucio smiled. That does not include Cuba, he said, as if he asked a question. Yes, I said. That takes in the whole world, Uncle Lucio. They both laughed. Well, Hawkins, said Doc with a serious face, you know, and we know you know, that there is something after Link Lambert. I want you to be his personal guardian. You will have to keep from him as much as you can knowledge of any plot there might be to cause his disappearance. Also, do not let him know any more than you can help just what is going on. It might not be good for him, or for us. I'll do my part, Doc, I said, but you ought to get busy and get at the bottom of this. What's wrong at Casanova? Doc waved his hand and shook his head. You've got me, he said. There's a plenty wrong at Casanova. But we will write it all, Hawkins, you and Lucio and I. It seemed to me then, as I looked upon Uncle Lucio, that he knew more than he cared to tell. It brought back to my mind the first time I had seen Lucio, the night on the ship when, as I came out of my stateroom, I saw him walk away from our door and I imagined that he had been peeping in at the keyhole. What scheme had been on foot that night? Why had not Uncle Lucio taken Doc into his confidence and told him all that he knew? I was certain that he knew something. What was it? A ring at the doorbell broke up our little conference. We presently heard a shrill voice inquiring for Senor Rafael, and I recognized the voice of our old friend Montilla, the Cuban lawyer. He was answered by the voice of Gabriel, our houseman, who told him that Rafael was living in the plantation house, and that he would be glad to show him the way there. I left Doc and Lucio to meet our lawyer friend while I went in search of the skinny guy. I found him in his room, with his book of Spanish spread out upon the table before him. I peeped in and then tiptoed past my own room, where I quietly settled myself in a corner and lay back upon some pillows to think. These events of the past few days were too much for me, the night on Casanova's rocks was enough in itself to make me think for a week, at least. What of the ghost that had shoved or frightened poor Pablo Salos off the rock of Casanova's doom to his death in the sea? What of the mysterious sounds, the singing voices and the shrieks of terror that had come to us in the stillness of the night from the secret places of those gloomy rocks? What of the lady's slipper and the diamond that Link's father had found on the opposite shore? Why were all these things? Indeed, we were in the midst of a nest of mystery. There was something afoot. There was a terrible something dogging the footsteps of Link Lambert, my best friend and pal, something that desired his life, desired him out of the way. What else could I believe than that it was someone who would profit by his death or disappearance? And who else could it be than Uncle Raphael, named in the will of Link's mother as the one upon whom fell all the wealth and grandeur of Casanova's plantation, should Link fail to reach his twenty-first birthday. Late that afternoon, 
I sat and talked with Link. He allowed me to console him about the end of his pet goat and asked me why would any boys that had a grudge take it out on a poor, helpless animal that happened to be the pet of a fellow. He still believed that the poisoned dirt came from the Cuban boys who had attacked us in our boat on the river. He believed that they had killed his goat with an arrow shot from a bow in order that they might be revenged. You know, Hawkins, he said, that dirty little Miguel never did like my goat ever since it knocked out his brown goat the time he sicked it on me with his handkerchief. Yes, I answered quickly. That must have been the reason, of course. He must have been jealous. Your pet goat was the better of the two, and Miguel could not bear that. That, I suppose, is why he killed it. Too bad. It was a fine goat. Link smiled sadly. It just goes to show, he said, what kind of boys there are in the world, Hawkins. I don't believe the Pelhams would do a thing like that. No, I answered him. I don't think so either. Brigham used to give us lots of trouble, he and his gang. But placed besides these kids, why, I would take my hat off to Brigham and his. You said it, snapped Blink. Doc Waters came up to our rooms with our school books. Come now, you chaps, he sang out. I haven't had time until now to hear your lessons today. We will have to get busy. I would have been up sooner, but for your daddy, Link. I knew Lucio couldn't keep him away from this place. Link's face brightened. Let him come up, Doc, he pleaded. He won't bother us. Listen, Doc, let him watch me do my lessons. He'll be surprised to know how much I've learned. Doc smiled. I invited him, he said but he had something else on his mind. I told him that you lost your pet goat. Pet, he says. Link lost a pet? Why didn't you let me know sooner? I've got one he will like. I'll go fetch it here right away. And with that he claps on his hat and dashes out before I could hold him. Where has he gone? asked Link. Back to Casanova's rocks, I guess, replied Doc. Valdis was with him, and they came all the way in that clumsy rowboat your daddy made. Said it was easy coming down, but he needed Valdez to help row back. They'll have blisters on their hands before they're done rowing back here. Why didn't you let Gabriel go and fetch it, whatever it is Pop has for me, said Link. Gabriel is gone, replied Doc. Had to take that Gabby lawyer, Montilla, to Uncle Raphael's plantation house. So Uncle Lucio is left to keep house downstairs, and everything is nice and quiet, so we will get busy on that arithmetic problem. So we put our minds to our work, and soon, in the pleasure that comes from learning things, we forgot all the worries we had. From one subject to another, Doc took us, and seemed to be well pleased with the way we had remembered all that he told us. It was about an hour and a half, I guess, until we heard the sound of voices downstairs. It's Pop, exclaimed Link and all his books were forgotten that instant. Send him up to my room, Doc, won't you please? Send him, repeated Doc. Why, he needs no sending, lad. Look at this. Here he comes now. For the love of heaven? The next moment a huge shaggy dog bounded over the top step and, seemingly surprised to find us standing in our doorway, stopped for an instant, looking at us wanderingly. Then, with a short bark, he turned and started down the steps again, but the form of Mr. Lambert appeared and ordered him about face. "'Up you go, you clumsy pup,' said Link's daddy. "'Get back up there and see your new master 
"'cause I'm done with you and your mischief. "'You'll keep me poor pain for the things you bust up. "'Get back. Go on now.' "'Link ran forward with a glad cry. "'Oh, what a wonderful dog!' he exclaimed. "'Oh, Pop, who's he belong to?' "'He's yourn,' said Mr. Lambert with a happy grin. "'I found him wandering on the rocks. "'Most likely belonged to some sailorman "'who forgot to take him along when he sailed away. "'Seems like the pup knows the rocks, though.' and likes it there, too. We had all we could do to get him in the boat, didn't we, Valdez? Valdez doesn't understand English, interrupted Uncle Lucio. All right, spoke up Valdez, as though he knew what they were saying, but he did not, of course. All right was the only English word I ever heard him say, and he wobbled it as though he were trying to give it a Spanish flavor. He understands me, said Link's father, I make motions, and I've caught on to a few of his dago words. Well, we had to pull that dog into the boat and hold him till we got out into the middle of the river, for he wanted to jump out. But he's a playful old dog, and I know Link will like him much. What you say, son? He's a beauty, said Link. What's his name? You tell me, said his father, laughing. The dog can't, you know, and I ain't a good guesser. All right, said Link. Tell me, that's a good name. No matter what his name was before, from now on it shall be tell me. End of chapter 16 Recording by Katerina